Welcome to the JohnCast podcast. I'm very happy to say that this podcast has its very first sponsor. I partnered with Ian's Pizza in Madison to give away a $500 prize to one person who correctly identifies the secret message over the next five weeks. Yes, I'm doing some old school like radio promotion, but it's on a podcast. So we're going to get to this edition of the uh, of the word or word combo. Once again, you collect these in 10 episodes total, and then you collect all the words for a special secret message brought to you by Ian's Pizza in Madison, Milwaukee, Denver, and Seattle. But first, let's start today's podcast. What happens when a radio broadcaster gets let go from his sports talk job? Well, he tries to figure out what he wants to do next for a career. And in the meantime, joins the 4 million other podcasts on the internet and the John Cast is born. Join me each week as I talk to guests I find interesting or entertaining from the world of sports, play-by-play broadcasting, or whatever else sounds fascinating to me at the moment. The John Cast is what I'm doing until I figure out what I'm doing. Subscribe, download, and I hope you learn something along the way. Paul Allen, what are you drinking? Hey, what's going on, brother? Uh, well, what I'm drinking right now is uh, some type of tonic to keep these uh, this cat and this dog behind me mellow during the uh, the, uh, the John Cast. I am drinking uh, black coffee, and the um, the cup is from the Grove oh. in Watford, England. And I'm um, not going to say that I took them out of, my, out of my room in 2013 when we went back there to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, but we stayed at this plantation area, this plantation resort or whatever it was called, the Grove in Watford outside of London, and... Uh, we we won the game. The memories have uh, sub- subsequently been left in the uh, rearview mirror, but the cups remain. Oh, you brought the cup. How fantastic is that? A little memory. No, I brought the cups. The cups? Yeah, I brought four. Oh, <laughs> you got a whole collection. Very my my biggest concern in 2013 coming back from that game was that these cups didn't break in my carry-on. <laughs> yes, and everything everything worked out. I've got the last of my Mountain Dew, but I put hey. it in a mason jar, so it's cooler. I don't know. That looks like that looks like a urine test. <laughs> I'm drinking my the final urine. Te- it does oh kind of look. Little- I didn't know that they were urine testing for podcasting. No, I know it's very unfortunate for me. Um, by the way, I wore this in honor of you. I'm wearing my Vikings. Yeah. And 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 from your days producing the Heller Show, yeah. Like and we've chatted and everything. Are you a Vikings fan? I am from Minnesota. Yes, Bronx. I'm a Vikings fan. If I if I had forgotten that, I apologize. No, no worries. No, yeah. And I'm I had not to from here, but I'm a Vikings fan. Yeah, I had to hang out. In, well, listen, a lot of the people listening to this are probably Packers fans. Hi, Packers fans. You're lovely Hi, people. Packers fans. You're lovely people. Hey, by the but way, let me do this. In advance, um, apologize for your loss this weekend. <laughs> Whoa! I mean, just know that coming from eight and two, uh, you can lose a game and it's going to be okay. From four and five, we can't lose a game. That wouldn't be okay. So uh, in advance of the loss, I'd like to apologize. Wow. I love it. Shots fired already, but it makes sense. Your rationale, everything there makes total sense to me. Uh, let me do this keyword real quick because I'm doing an old school radio promotion, but on a podcast, right? So, yeah. I, okay. I'm not going to do this all the time, but I will give out in case you missed the first keyword. It was Thanksgiving. Ooh. This episode's keyword or word combo is Ian's Pizza. Okay. Ian's Those are pizza. keywords. Keywords. Two of them <laughs> in one episode. Ian's oh, Pizza. Man. The other one was Thanksgiving. We're going to do 10 episodes and then you combine all the words and you form a message and then you're eligible for $500. Just DM me the, the message when it's all said and done at John Audius Radio, at John Cast Podcast on Instagram, and at John Cast Podcast on Twitter. 
Okay. I think I did all that. Oh, I do have to tell you about Ian's Pizza. They've got the Thanksgiving pizza out. It's delicious. Have you ever had any Ian's Pizza? Do you know what I'm talking about when I talk about Ian's Pizza? No. Where's it located? Uh, they've got in Madison, Milwaukee. They've got a couple locations, three locations in Madison, Milwaukee, Seattle, Denver. Denver. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's my got... daughter, my daughter is a freshman at CU Denver. Uh, so I oh. get out there, I get out there a decent amount now. I mean, during the season, I can't get out there as much as I want, but um, there, there ain't many bad things in Denver, Colorado, where I've now been there six times. Oh man, that it's, it's quickly becoming like my favorite city in the country. I just love it. But Ian's Pizza, I got all your albums, double up on the cheese with me so I can grow a fourth chin. And uh, if I'm ever in Denver... I'm going to take a little picture at Ian's Pizza, put it on Twitter, yeah. and uh, hopefully I get a cop. Yeah, absolutely. We'll hook you up with some Ian's Pizza for sure. You're going to get some pizza. Somehow I will get Paul Allen pizza. But I do have to ask Paul Allen, if the Vikings had a stock sale, would you buy Viking stock for $300 if they were allowed to do what the Packers are able to do? Hell no, I'm the announcer. I'd expect 10 of those for free. <laughs> you just want them uh, but if I'm a fan, sure, why not? I mean, it's it's a storied franchise. I mean, Green Bay, the Chicago Bears, the Minnesota Vikings, on and on and on. These are storied franchises, man. So, you know, it's um in, in the age of rage, which really popped up when COVID jumped in in March 20th, uh, March of 2020. Um, you know, it's it's there's so much judging and so much you're either completely stupid for buying that $300 piece of paper. Or I'm going to give you grace and be like, hey, John, that's what really matters to you. So I'm okay with that. So it's one or the other. Um, As a fan, I mean, yeah, I'd buy it. Yeah, I'd probably get myself one, put it in a frame, and uh, then hang it somewhere nice. Yeah, absolutely. Now I get a t-shirt that says owner or something like that. I think it's dumb. But like if, if if somebody did it, I wouldn't be like, you're dumb. I mean, yeah. it's just, you see what I'm saying there? Yeah. And it's free money for the team. The team just like, Hey, can we get oh, yeah. some money? And the fans are the like, here's some money. money. Are you kidding me? It's one of the most profitable teams in all of sports in the world. Uh, it's just a terrific situation there. The way they have it all lined up, especially when you don't have a, a true owner and then you got the quarterback bitching the entire off season and you got really nobody to go to, to be like, well, I mean, I know Mr. Murphy, you know, and, and, and Gutekunst, I, you know, I know that their roles in it are significant, but when, when you don't have a defined owner, then it can get weird. Yeah. what do you think of all the Aaron Rodgers drama in the off season? What was the purple perspective from you? Uh, man, it, um, you know, it, it the whole thing um, kind of popped up on my radio show the morning right. of round, round one of the draft. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to end that part of it there because I've done this a long time and I know a lot of people. My, my information was unimpeachable, uh, so much so that there was somebody from somebody who covers the Packers uh, who is I'm just not going to say who it is. Okay. Um, basically called me and said, I don't believe what you're saying on your radio show. And I said, OK, well, here's the deal, because here's my phone. If you want to meet me in Stillwater or if you want to meet me in far west Green Bay, let's say or Wisconsin, let's say Hudson. Okay. I'll bring $10,000 in a duffel bag and you do the same thing. And then I will show you my information and who it came from. And you'll be giving me your $10,000. So let's just end it at that. Uh, Everything was very real. Mm -hmm. Now looking back at it, not surprisingly, there was some diva to it. 
Uh, there was some overly dramatic to it. I do absolutely believe um, that Aaron wanted to go to San Francisco um, and was disappointed when it didn't work out. And again, my evidence is unimpeachable. And uh, then it just kind of got quiet. And, you know, I and, and I knew he was going to go back there. Mm-hmm. I think there were mistakes made on both sides. But it, it's in the cliched rearview mirror now, John, because, I mean, he's happy to be there. He looks galvanized, even with his fresh new tinted hair. And um, and they're good. They're very good. So um, I'm not one to say that it was a lot made out of nothing because I know it wasn't. And yeah. it's factual, but it, it doesn't matter now because he's on the squad and they're winning. Yeah. How did you guys uh, on KFAN how did, and on, on your show, 9 to Noon, how did you – treat the whole Aaron Rodgers COVID controversy? Because that was blown well, up. That's a great question, man, because, you know, it was clear to me very early that he lied. Um, and so, therefore, that made it unprecedented. Now, you know, I'm from Washington, D.C., but I've called Vikings games for 20 years, and I want mm-hmm. the Vikings to win, and I like when they beat Green Bay. But I'm not Minnesotan who is like, I don't have on Ethel, who is a lifetime Packers fan, and I don't have Cousin Vinny, who's a lifetime Packers fan because I'm a transplant. I mean, I've been here a long time, so I'm kind of one of us, but I don't get into the, the pissing match that is the rivalry and trash talking coworkers and stuff. Um, you know, I'm into it for different reasons because they it's such a deeply rooted rivalry that has had some of the most memorable games that I've called over 20 years, my level of respect for the way they do things and the battle um, that goes first and foremost. So now Aaron, you know, he, he gets in just knowing, just knowing how Aaron can be. And I feel like I know how he can be and I've never met him. Um, but reading between the lines on that, you know, if there was backpedaling and I, yeah, I didn't like it, you know, and a lie was told. So I'm not one that's like, well, he told a lie. So now the front, the franchise needs to be fined 2.5 million cost two draft picks. He needs to sit out three games. I'm not like that either. Uh, the, the whole situation's been unfortunate with the judging from vaccine and non-vaccine and boosters or not. And, um, and you're, what, whichever route a human being is compelled to go, then there's a certain part of you that is required to respect it. Now, not a lot of people do. So the, I respected Aaron because he was confused. And I could tell he was confused. Um, at some part of this whole Im- immunization, um, uh, vax or non-vax thing, um, so it's I don't I'm glad it went in and out. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I want to ask you about your background uh, in just a little bit, but since we're talking Rogers, since we're talking uh, Packers, when I look at the Vikings, I wonder: Are they one of those teams that are they're going to be at the end of the year? Are they going to be better than what their record says? And if they are, how much better are the Vikings going to be than their record? Because it's it's one of those things you flip a couple of games around, and I think uh, yeah. nationally you view this team a lot differently. Yeah, it's it's a very difficult question, and I don't like to. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm if I thought they were terrible, I would tell you mm-hmm. they're terrible. We're we're not in job preservation mode. Twenty years into it, we're not in. Oh no, was I on this podcast and John tweeted it, and if Steelman <laughs> sees it, I'm going to be in trouble. It ain't like that because I speak from the heart. And most importantly, the owners and everybody there, they know where my heart is. So I ain't afraid to say it's bad. And I ain't afraid to say it's really good. 
What I don't like saying is what I'm about to say is I don't know what it is because we've had patches of games where we've played as good a defense as I've seen here in 10 years. We've had patches of games where you ain't stopping JJ. You ain't stopping Adam. You ain't stopping Dalvin. Kirk's never looked better for my taste. Then we get 80 yards of penalties on the offensive line. So I know the team is better than its record, uh, but I'm not going to go with the loser's lament. We should be seven and two, six and three, whatever. We should have beaten Cincinnati. We should have beaten Arizona. And we didn't. Uh, That's the end of the equation. So they have the ability and the skills, even with the injuries, to win every single game left on the schedule. If we're going to run up 225 yards of penalties in two games like we just did and, uh, you know, have problems like that and then have that crap Dallas Cooper rush game that we had on Sunday night football, if they're going to do that, they're going to win a game the rest of the year. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's just very, very difficult to pinpoint who this team is. I was listening to your radio show today, this morning, and you said you had a, a comment. You mentioned that you love Rogers versus Zimmer. You love that matchup. Why do you love that matchup so much? Well, because Aaron's one of the smartest players in the history of the NFL. Cocksure and arrogant or competitively arrogant or me first as he is uh, or can be. Put, put all that to the side. That That's another conversation. Mm-hmm. When, when it comes to the dissecting of defenses, not many better in the history of the game. Mike Zimmer invented the double A gap blitz. Okay. (laughs) So, I mean, when you invent linebackers at the A gap, threatening, 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 this guy comes, this guy backs off. That's genius. So I just know, because I know Mike so well, Mm -hmm. I know the level of respect Mike has for Aaron, uh, which means I'm going to have immense respect for him. But, you know, it was a few years ago, man. It might have been 2018, 2019. We're out there. You probably remember the game better than me. Um, we're down 21-0 in, five, in like eight minutes in the first quarter. I mean, we got we, we have a corner playing one play all year. Nate Metters covering Geronimo Allison back center of the end zone. Rodgers was salivating when he saw him run onto the field. So we had problems. But the Packers up 21-0 did not score the final three quarters of the game. Not one point, because Zimmer did what he does. Now, Packers won the game. It's um, Cousins forced one to Diggs back right of the end zone, and Kevin King made a wonderful leaping grab to intercept it. Uh, After the game, Zimmer's walking to the tunnel, and he hears somebody go, Zim, Zim, and it was Aaron. And Aaron walked up to him, put his arm around him, and said, you are so effing good at what you do and Zimmer who has the crotchety gene he he looked at Aaron he's like well you're pretty effing good too and then that was it um so I know how much Aaron respects Mike because Aaron you know the the good ones the high enders John Mm -hmm. they're always looking for challenges they they want to be stimulated they want to see good defenses who disguise things and try to fool them You know, we had a Sunday night football game against Green Bay in 2019 that we lost, Monday night maybe, one of the two. And former safety Anthony Harris sucked Aaron into his worst throw of the year. He undercut a route. Rodgers never saw it coming. And I know it bugged the bleep out of Aaron because he was fooled. Not because he threw a pick. He got fooled. Aaron doesn't like to be fooled. Zimmer does not like to be fooled. You put those two things together, 
And that's the king battling the queen, man, in, in a chess game. I mean, it is nice. That is awesome. Yeah, that's going to be a, a great matchup to watch to see what kind of adjustments are made really on both sides. Uh, you're also talking a little bit about Dalvin Cook today um, against the Packers defense. Um, and this Packers defense, different than the Packers defenses, a lot of Packers fans think, than in the past, is this Joe yeah. Barry-led Packers defense putting a scare into NFC North teams? Well, the way Devondre Campbell's playing, uh, he's playing the best he's played since his Atlanta days. And um, when you have an inside guy like that, which they've been lacking for quite some time, you could do a lot of things with Devondre because he takes on offensive linemen and holds his ground. uh, And his pass coverage is fantastic. So that's changed a lot of things. When I saw Eric Stokes early in the season, I wasn't impressed. And coming into the draft, I liked the other Georgia cornerback better. I was wrong. Uh, Stokes is a stud. He's sticky. Uh, He uses his range wonderfully. His anticipatory skills are improving. And I think they really hit on one with Eric. Uh, And then you got Kenny. I mean, it's, it's, I think he went in the second round. Uh, He wasn't a first round pick, I don't believe, or at the end from UCLA. And from the first time I saw Kenny Clark through now, I loved him. Uh, He is such a freaking problem for so many people that now when you start to layer that, John, Mm -hmm. where you have Kenny here, you got Devondre here, you got Stokes here, and Adrian Amos, when he played with the Bears and was a youngster from Penn State, he was a downhill guy who could not cover the pass. He was a thumper, and it was a liability. He ain't that guy anymore. And, in fact, um, I can argue he's the most important guy on that defense because of his leadership and his communication skills. So there we go. Clark, next-level Campbell. Outside Stokes, Kings playing good, and then behind them, Amos. That's the answer right there. You have people on whom you can count at every level, and not every team has that. I think I kind of get the idea. Well, I mean, you might be picking the Vikings in every game. You said they could win every game, but I think I maybe got an idea at the start of this podcast who you who you like to win mm-hmm. on Sunday. Well, I mean, if you had talked to me this time last week, um, yeah. I would have gone out of body and told you. If you got a casino around you, we ain't losing to these Chargers. I mean, I got Zimmer against Herbert. Herbert's good, but Zimmer's really good against young quarterbacks. That proved to be true. But I knew we were going to have an ascension to the mean. We're not a three and six squad, man. We're we're just not. So that would have been a keen little money line hit for you. This week is different um, strictly because of the way I just laid out that defense. And Aaron, I do think we're going to win. But it's I'm not going to get loud about it because this has been a team on, on which I have not been able to count all year. Now, I think some things are happening with our offense. I think we're going to score points. And and I know this defense is third in the NFL against um, with the points and a lot of ga- gaudy stats there. You got that 4.6 against the run that's bottom five. So in thinking how they're going to do it, they're going to load it up to stop Dalvin. You do that and you catch Jefferson with the wrong guy in single coverage, you're going to lose. Um, so it, it's, I love the border battles. It's a 50 50 game to me, man. Yeah. But, you know, we're four and five. They're eight and two. They can take a loss. They got the bye coming up. Okay. That's a late bye, man. It's freaking ridiculous, quite honestly, with the way bodies get beaten down. Mm-hmm. I think Green Bay's a little beaten down now. I think they're getting a little worn out from, you know, Jenkins at left tackle and, you know, this guy over here and all the rotations they've had to use. It's masterful how Matt 
has gotten eight wins despite all these injuries and fluctuation and COVID and the whole thing. But you're, they're not going to win every game the rest of the year. So this needs to be a Vikings win. And I'm hoping they get it. I think they're going to get it. But if they don't, you can at me all you want, man, because uh, because I got respect for Green Bay. You know, I can tell, obviously, anybody who's listened to a broadcaster, you can tell the passion you have for announcing football games in the NFL and, and the, the Minnesota Vikings. What is what is a game week like for you as you prepare for a broadcast? And then what's what's it like like when you don't have Vikings football to announce? Are you are you like missing something? You're itching to, to go do it because I can tell no, how much you obviously love. Nope, it. not a lick. I, I've done this 20 years, John. Um, I've called 35,000 horse races since 1993. I'm still the racetrack announcer at Canterbury Park. That's a lot uh, in Shakopee. And I've done this radio show 24 years. Um, it's, I, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm very fortunate in that I love all of my jobs. Uh, they do all take a different amount of time. You know, when Monday hits for me after these games, I'm just exhausted. I'm just tired. We've had a lot of road games. And then I got the radio show early nine to noon. So Mondays are chill. Tuesdays, I get out to the facility. I start to do some TV and radio work for them. Uh, that's when I'll start low-key chatting with coaches a little bit about how it went, you know, how do you think it's going to go. Wednesday's a money day. I get there early. Uh, I'm fortunate enough that, that you know, I don't know, that they know they can trust me. Uh, they let me watch practice, you know, so therefore I kind of get a feel there for what's going to happen or what they want to happen. And then we hit Thursday, man, and I get done with my radio show, and I'm all smiles because I know Saturday's coming. Uh, Saturday is a uh, Friday and Saturday are big Bible study days for me. Saturday night, I go to church at six o'clock. Uh, Tuesday nights, I have a systematic theology class that's way above my theological pay grade. But, you know, it still offers up parts of the Bible that, that I just don't understand. So those are really my highlights during the week. Um, I love calling the games. I love doing the radio show and calling the races. But uh, with uh, with Bible study fantasy basketball two animals i uh, my hands are full man my uh, my cup runneth over you are one busy man paul allen i can i can tell i want to ask you about your faith because you've got a new podcast right faith and goal yeah. and i i do yeah i do want to uh, talk about that but thirty five thousand races you've called like how is that that's a lot of races that's a lot of races paul allen. yeah i started in um i didn't go to college uh college was not for me and um, and I was writing for the Pasadena Star News in USA Today in Southern California. And I just, you know, write. I, I like to write, um, but I just didn't see beat writing guy as like being my future or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I started to go on the um, on the roofs of Santa Anita, Hollywood Park and Del Mar in Southern California with a tape recorder and a program. And I called about 500 races. Nobody knew I did it. Uh, then a job opened in San Francisco in 93. I went up there through the grace of God. I beat 25 people who called it a career. And I never had called a race publicly in my life. So it started there in 93 in San Francisco. Uh, then I came to Minnesota in 95. Um, did a gypsy life, uh, 95, 6, 7, and 8. San Francisco, Grand Island, Nebraska for a month and a half. Filling in for a guy. Up to Shakopee then back to San Francisco. I did that for five years, four and a half years. Learned a lot then. Um, learned a lot about me and about, 
just just life, you know, with not having family or friends around all the time. And uh, then I settled in here in 98 and, and this racetrack, Canterbury Park, you know, it races mid-May to mid-September. And those are times I don't have Vikings football mostly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I the having the time away from work and being able to decompress and travel and stuff, you know, that that's probably discretion before valor. But I just feel like I owe so much to the owners here who gave me a chance in 1995, sight unseen, to bring me to Minnesota with the track they opened. You know, if there's no Canterbury, there's no KFAM. And if there's no Canterbury, there's no voice of the Vikings. So, you know, at the end of the equation, God's responsible for all of that. But as we go here, if they don't give me a chance, we ain't doing this right now. So I like calling races. I like betting on horse races. So that keeps me coming back. Wow. That's amazing. So, so when you're living that life for four and a half years, traveling across the country, then how, how did you get the Vikings? Like, how did that all fall into, I don't you know, want to say fall into your lap, but how, how did you get that? It's a great question, man. And, and, and there's only one way for me to answer it. And, you know, I'm not, I don't, I am not a person of faith who bangs a Bible on somebody's head and says, Oh, you're a Catholic. I don't believe in purgatory. Oh, you're a Jew. You better get busy after Malachi. Um, oh, you're whatever. I ain't like that. Okay. My heart and my feelings about my life, you're not going to get me to be like, I was talking in tongues yesterday, John, or, mm-hmm. or I heard God or this, this vapor was in front of me. I ain't like that. I just look at the totality of my life, man. And I've always been a person to pray. I've always been a person to like walk into the ocean and be like, thank you, father. This is beautiful. I never had read the Bible till three years ago. So I didn't know Jesus was God on earth, at least as my faith goes. So to answer your question is with no college education, a person who lived a life in the nineties full of sin. And when it comes to it, there aren't, there, there weren't much worse than me. We'll just end it at that. And from there to never doing a radio show in my life, and now having a 24-year career at KFAM, never having done play-by-play of any sporting event at any level and starting in the NFL, when people ask me, in your opinion, what is God? That's my answer. My career is a miracle. It's an absolute miracle that I don't think will be replicated. And God has given me three microphones, not one, and they're racing. Hey, welcome to nine to noon. John Arias joining us next. Boom! Border battle, whatever is in the air. God has given me three microphones for this time of my life. And when when you look at it that way, the way I look at it, by faith, it's so powerful and overwhelmingly beautiful. It can't be denied. And I won't deny it. I only will grow it. I only will continue to sow seeds. And it's interesting in that, you know, there are a lot of people with the Vikings who they know where my faith is. And I'm not much different than I was four years ago when I really just just dove into the Bible, took a seven-week course on Revelation, a 10-week course on First John. You know, I'm into systematic theology now. I'm studying the book of Ezekiel from the Old Testament right now to tie the metaphor from that to Revelation. Um, you know, but that's me, okay? If it's not you, that's okay. In the age of rage with cancel culture, if that's me and that ain't you, F you. They're done. They're done, man. And that's such crap. There's so much freaking judging, you know, where I'm like, per the Bible, 
why don't you go ahead and handle that plank in your eye before you start worrying about the speck in mine? I mean, we can put it as we talk now being like, why don't you worry about your own life, man, and stop worrying so much about mine? So it's really my faith has intensified a lot during the age of rage. Um, and, and, you know, but I, but I don't judge people if they don't believe. If you're an atheist, man, you're an atheist, whatever. I'd say God bless you, but I ain't going to make you, you know, feel dumb because of my faith. You know, and you ain't going to make me feel dumb because of what I believe, because you can't. It's impossible because your opinion end of the equation doesn't matter. God's does. So all of that, yeah, I just laid it out for you, John. Uh, Went up to San Francisco in 93, beat 25 people who called racetrack announcing their career. I'd never done it. Um, Had an awful life, broke, sinning, terrible uh, to get me to Minnesota First race, uh, so then I land the racetrack announcing job, called 35,000 races. Radio show, never had done it, held it for a quarter century. Play-by-play, I've called 402 games. I'd never even called a high school football game in my life. So to me, that's the only answer. Grace from God, and I thank him for his grace every single day. Yeah, I think I emailed you in 2004 and I kind of was trying to get some advice from you. And I said, you know, I'm working in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And before I moved to Madison for working where I did for 17 years and now calling volleyball at the University of Wisconsin and women's basketball. And you had you had said something to me in the email. It's like, forget about my path. My path will never happen again, basically. Right. And um, it won't. no, and, and what I'm you're saying there you right is, now, John, yeah, yeah, there never will be in the history of the world. And I'm not a never or ever guy, right? Somebody who doesn't go to college and melds horse racing into the NFL, it's yeah. never going to happen again. So that's that's why even 15, 20 years, whatever it was to you, yeah, that's why I said that, yeah, and you're right, it's never, it never is going to happen again. Um, when you did that first game. Do you remember anything about that first game? Did you, I mean, oh, yeah. obviously you never called a high school game. Were you nervous? Did you screw up? I mean, how did uh, that work? Yeah, I was nervous. Yeah, I was nervous. It was uh, the first regular season game that I did was 2002 at Champaign, Illinois. It's when Soldier Field was being renovated. Okay. And I was so wild and so loud and so excitable, which I kind of am now, but is more refined. Okay. That we, uh, we had a defensive end named to Lance Sawyer who recovered a fumble very late in the game. And I jumped up and I pulled all the cords, the headphone cords and the mic cords. I pulled everything out. So you go. So yeah, I was nervous. Um, But uh, you know, during the course of the entire thing, God's put me in a position for whatever the reason to be involved in some very, very big calls. End of 2003, we get beat by Josh McCown. We got, uh, we got some in 2009, the Favre season, so on and so on. You know, it even takes me back to week two this year where I blew a field goal call that blew up nationally and and went viral, as the kids say, because I thought Greg Joseph made a kick against Arizona. And I'm like, and it's good. No, it's not. Okay, (laughs) Well, if social media matters a ton to you, then I had people coming up to me going, you okay? You know, Barstool just put this out. Uh, Somebody said that, that it was an embarrassment and all this and. And I'm like, I don't care about any of that. None of that's elevator music is why there, why at that time? I mean, there are two of my calls that are in the hall of fame with the Minneapolis miracle and something from the 09 NFC title game that I heard. And, um, and, and I, and God's put me in some very peculiar spots 
But when I start guessing God's will and what the purpose is, then it's just time for me to, to be done because it's, I've been guided through so many wonderful things in my life. And the, when something bad and, and shameful to some or embarrassing happens, you know, it's, it's a lot of people with whom I work were like, are you okay, man? You know, it's, I'm like, why there? I mean, it, it just, I've never done that. I've called 395, 396, and I'm never going to do it again. You know, what's the purpose? I couldn't, it just struggled with wondering what the purpose was for that. And I left it thinking, I've always been humble, maybe not humble enough. Um, I'm de- I'm dedicated and I work hard when it comes to the Bible. Maybe I'm not devoted enough, or maybe given I've held the hand of death five times, and I've had a lot of trauma in my life. God knows that I can carry stuff like that. So maybe he was looking at something else. I got no idea. I know I messed it up. I know I don't care that people thought it was embarrassing because my career and the equity stands on its own, but the purpose and why there, that that really got me for a few days. Hmm. All right, let's talk about your faith because you said, what, four and a half, three years ago? You, you read the Bible or you started reading the Bible. And I know you got the faith and goal podcast. Yeah. What, what was it about four and a half years ago or whatever that timeline was that made you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to read this. Well, I started, um, I was baptized Catholic, got nothing against Catholicism. Never. I went to Catholic church a lot. Um, never studied or read the Bible. Didn't even know the Apocrypha was part of the Catholic Bible. Honestly, didn't even know there was a Catholic Bible until two years ago. Um, but I had never read the Bible outside of the Lord's Prayer, which I didn't read. It was taught to me. So, you know, when when I started, I went to a Baptist church, and they were doing a series called All Sides of the Savior, the burden of unforgiveness, the burden of idolatry. And it just really hit me in a way where the person next to me, I was, you know, they with me or me with them was kind of like, well, I've always been that guy. Well, that's always been me. You know, that the things that were being shared per the Bible, well, I was like, that's always been me. So that bit me in a way when I would leave church, I would drive to Canterbury to call races and I call it the Holy Spirit. People can call it whatever they want. That stimulation and buzz I had in my body, Every Sunday going to call races, never felt in my life. And it's not as palpable uh, now as, as it was then, but it's still very much there. So I think when I, when I recognized per the Bible, Jesus was God on earth and that Jesus, the Holy Spirit and God are all one. And I've always pray, prayed, I've always prayed a lot, but um, there were just things that developed as I started reading and studying where COVID hit and I had no fear. And I just, the anxiety and my anxiousness and just things naturally and organically changed with me. So much so that like, for like if I didn't call Vikings games or do this radio show or call races and I had a life of ministry, I'm okay. I'm not ready scholastically, um, you know, and I also learned, you know, speaking of being ready, John, I did four chapels this summer. Canterbury Park, the racetrack, has a chapel, the Dean Coos Memorial Chapel. And and the honor found me. The chaplain there came and said, would you be interested in doing some chapels? I didn't respond to him for a month. I was so intimidated. That's after 35,000 race calls, 400 football games, and 25 years of radio shows. 
I can't respond to him because I'm intimidated. But I did them to about 50 to 70 people each time. And that was one of the most daunting experiences I've ever had in my life. Sharing, doing a sermon, not making mistakes, you know, not making bits or trying to be funny like we do on the radio, but, you know, doing it differently unto me. And really the last thing I said at the end of that chapel, and I mean this, and this includes every single football game or whatever you want to look at, the the opportunity to do that into a microphone for people, those four times, is the greatest honor speaking into a microphone for anything I've ever had in my life. And if I could find a way to do that the rest of my life, I'm in. I'm in. If God wants it right now, I'm in. If he wants it in five years, I'm in. Uh, that that is that's what my life is all about. I study my study habits and reading is voracious with it, uh, but I don't force it on other people. You know, I let it's. I had the opportunity. I had COVID uh, March first of of this year, and I had it for five zero hours fifty. My um, my girlfriend, she had it too. Now while I had it, I was bad man. That fatigue kicked my ass. Um, so she was cool though. She was mostly good. So I get out of it in two days and change. And then she starts going downhill and she ends up having COVID pneumonia for about 15 days. And she's in the hospital with COVID pneumonia for 12 days. Well, during the time her mom, who's 81 years of age, she has cancer and COVID and her daughter in the hospital. So now I have the honor of serving this woman spiritually and physically. And I spent eight of the greatest days of my life carrying that woman to death, you know, by God, because I was there every minute of every day. And she didn't want, she wanted, she wanted to die in her, in her little apartment, her little condo. And so, so like she dies. Okay. And it was tough. Don't get me wrong. It was tough. The hospice nurses, my level of respect for those who work in the medical field and the hospice nurses and everything. Wow. It, it makes me, it just makes my heart pump. But when it was over, when she died, you know, there, then we had the funeral and, you know, we're in Detroit, Michigan, and everybody's looking at Armony crying and they miss their friend and their family member. And after that eight days I had with her, you know, I wasn't looking at it that way. I was really saddened that all I wanted was an honor like that. That's all I want to do is serve people physically and spiritually, specifically spiritually. And I was depressed um, that, you know, God, when is my next honor? And then, you know, time goes on and I stop thinking about it and things get better. Then the honor of doing those four chapels comes to me. The honor of coaches and players for the Vikings before games on the sideline, they walk up to me we, we don't say a word. We're not going to be like this so everybody can see us and we're not going to show off, but just touch elbows. Grab my finger, CJ. Grab my finger, Dalvin. Grab my finger, Ryan. Grab my finger, Adam. And I pray for, I pray for them and we pray together. And that's an honor. And it's an honor I didn't seek. It was an honor that was given to me. So my life is all about honor and Truly what goes into an honor of a life, not to impress God, but because that's the way my heart is. And I look for him every day. Man, you, I, I think 
the perspective you have on a lot of these different things you're talking about, um, different moments in your life, different situations and how your life has played out and, and where you are right now, that perspective is helped by your faith. Am I, I mean, I'm right here without that. Yeah, but it's I, not, but it's not of convenience um, because it, I, you know, it, it, what, what has transformed to me the last three years is who I am. I'm just putting more conscious time into not, Oh, John Arias, he sucks. He shouldn't be producing that show. He's way overmatched. F him. You're the way I live life, man. You're in the image of God. How in the hell am I going to rip you and demean you, which is demeaning God? Okay, so there's that. Secondly, you know, it people can think it's like, oh, yeah, it's easy to say you've had all these jobs X amount of years. You could leave them anytime and go out into ministry. Well, you know, I divorced, okay? And I'm embarrassed that I divorced. And I would not wish it on my worst enemy. It's hard, and I got kids. But through all of that, you know, you got divorce payments and stuff like that. So people can look at my jobs and my level of income, which don't matter as much to me as they do other people. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, I don't, you know, whether it's have as much money or not as much money as people think, none of that matters to me. It's when I say what I say, it's because I have a firm belief that God's going to have me exactly where I'm supposed to be Every single time, because I have examples and evidence of reasons I should be, you know, not in jail, but in a lot of trouble, you know, reasons that I should be doing something else and not these jobs that I do now. So people listening or watching or, or people with whom I chat, you can look at me and say, no, Paul, you're very talented. No, Paul, you worked really hard. No, Paul, you traveled all over the country doing it. It's all you. And I'm like, cool. None of it is me. It is all guided by God. And, and if you don't agree with that, that's cool. But that's the way I look at it. And when you take, when you take the onus of success or failure off yourself and you recognize, you know, God's will and what he permits for purpose, you know, when, when you really study that and take that and, and with the Bible for me, man, it's it's eyewitness on top of eyewitness on top of eyewitness on top of eyewitness on top of eyewitness. So that bit me hard. It's just too many different people telling the same story with a little twist. Uh, so that bit me. So now it's all for the glory of God without being the guy to like Sunday go boom and Minnesota Vikings football and my heavenly father are in the air. It's not like that, man. Um, but if somebody if somebody comes up to me on the sideline, the highlights of my day are prayer before games with players and coaches and and just having my breath taken away at how beautiful it is and then calling the game. So I, I just love it, man. I just man. absolutely love it. Where did the idea for Faith and Goal, the podcast, come in and what is that podcast all about? Well, that's another honor. Again, when okay. I stopped looking for honors, they came to me. Yeah. I'm not kidding you, man. It's like I'm not a podcast guy. With all due respect, I don't I do a radio show. I call games, I call races. You know, really the last thing I want in my ears during private time is to hear something loud. So, um how it started, I don't really know. Um I came up with an idea, a name called Faith and Goal. I wanted to do a podcast because even if I'm getting 500 downloads like one of them did, or I'm getting 3,000 like my first one did with Cousins, see, I'm learning because like, you know, I have this equity in Minnesota from my jobs, 
you know, but when you put faith in the name of something and tie it next to a play-by-play guy, I came into this telling iHeart, you know, I went out there and hustled for sponsors, the whole thing. And I'm like, we're going to kick ass with this man. It's going to get 10, 20,000, whatever. <laughs> ain't close. Okay. It's growing. It ain't close. But I've come to the realization that if one person listens and lives a better life because of faith and goal, that's what I want. So it just gives me an opportunity and a platform using the following God has given me and the skills he's given me to share faith and sow seeds and talk about what is important to me. And it's your choice whether you want to listen to it or not. If you don't, that's fine. If you do, that's fine. I told my boss the other day, you know, if all these sponsors, if they all fall off at the end of this run and there are none, I'll do two a week with no sponsors and you don't have to pay me because I'm, I'm honing my skills for something that's greater than what I'm doing now. And I don't know what it is. Um, but I want to preach the word of God and I want to do it to a lot of people. Um, the skill set he's given me and the confidence into a microphone. I can call games. I can do a radio show. I can call races. Those chapels kicked my butt, man. I mean, yeah. it, they were hard and it's different, but, but I'm not afraid of it. And I want to do it. And I want to do it the rest of my life and doing something like this. That's the next step in my opinion. Yeah. I will take those 3000 downloads in a second, sir. I will <laughs> gladly take those with my Ian's and pizza. That was for one of them. The first one <laughs> yeah. and it had Kirk cousins in the title. Okay. So then faith and goal number three. And I even started a Twitter bit last week at faith and goal at faith and goal. The third one. Okay, here we go. Um, I'm not going to have a guest. I'm going to do it on my own. I got this crafty idea of the significance of the number three in the Bible and the significance of number three in football. Let's talk about the field goals. Let's talk about three timeouts a half. Let's talk about um, um, denied three times by Peter. Um, and, and and I'm like, yes, you know, it wasn't the greatest. I'm still learning, but it was done. I did it like 20 minutes. And then I'm like, ah, here we go with these. Uh, here we go with these downloads. And then you couldn't have had more freaking crickets behind me the first two days that thing came out. I wanted to get on a megaphone and say, what in the hell are you guys doing? Listen to this. So it's been, man, the faith journey has been beautiful. Uh, the podcasting journey is, is just another step. And, um, and it's not going to stop. You know, it's not going to stop whether we have endorsers, sponsors, or whatever. It ain't stopping. I want to do faith and goal the rest of my life. Nice. Faith and goal. You can catch it on the iHeartRadio app with Paul Allen. Um, right are on, you brother. All right. So you talked about all these memorable moments, by the way, you were you have announced for Vikings football and the Cardinals game, the Favre game as yep. uh, Favre versus the 49ers. I thought that was pretty awesome. Minneapolis miracle, all those things. Um, when you look back at those, like how, how do you view those moments? Because mm. I mean, in, in Wisconsin, on the Mike Keller show, when we were doing, I mean, the no sound effect is such a fantastic sound effect yeah. and they love it in Wisconsin because it's, you know, it it not actually it put the Packers in the playoffs, didn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you when you go look back and you you listen to all those, what I mean, how do you feel about all those calls? Very proud. Yeah. I mean, but I'm proud, but I'm not prideful. With with pride being the root of evil, whether you look at the Bible or not, pride <laughs> is the root of all evil in any way you want to look at it, because there are tentacles off of pride, the ability to never say you're sorry, never give somebody grace. 
um, you know, the, the, you know, I make $5 million a year and I'm better than you just so therefore I'm proud of my career that's been given to me, but I'm not boastful or prideful. You know, I know I've been in some really big spots and, and up until that, that Greg Joseph miss at Arizona this year, I've gotten through every single one of them. I don't script stuff. You know, it's, it's when it's, when it's, why do you even ponder passing or whatever I said in 09? Yeah. Um, it's a 61-yard Minneapolis miracle. No, no. Um, oh, my heavens. With Greg. I don't script any of that. It just, that's how it works out. And you know what I feel from my heart. Um, <laughs> for whatever the reason, week two didn't work out this year, which is weird. It's really, really weird, man. Um, but I'm just very blessed to have jobs that are, just this fun and to work with people who are different. And I'm just, I just love it. I just absolutely love it. And there's not a game that I've called that I, you know, I, I did not give everything I had from a preparatory standpoint to an excitement standpoint. I am there to serve the fans. And I've always looked at it like this. If John's listening to me on the radio and his marriage ain't going the right way, his job ain't going the right way. He's got bad things on his mind and he hears me and, and I offer up a level of excitement he can't get to, or I crack a one liner that he likes. Well, then I've made you feel better. I've made you feel good. So I don't call these games to hear my highlights on ESPN or to go on radio shows and hear them play highlights. I call these games and put as much time as I do into it because those there are people who take time to listen to me and it's the least I can do for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Minneapolis miracle was, I I mean, that's, that's going to be one of the, if not the all time plays in Vikings history, you know, barring something bigger in February, um, (laughs) you know, that's, that's always going to be one of the the best highlights in, in team history, really. Yeah, see, but that's not for me to determine. I mean, uh-huh. now you said it, and that's great. And and God bless you. Thank you very much. Um, I know how it sounded. I liked it. It was raw. It was natural. The analyst went Larry McCarron on it and jumped all over me. But that's cool because be, because I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't want him to do it any other way because right. it was so frenzied yeah. that you know I, I again it gets down to image. And, and pride. And now all of a sudden, I'm going on radio shows and podcasts that are massive. And I'd never done them before, but I come up with that call. And now everybody wants to talk to the announcer. And a few of them were like, you know, I've done this a long time. And I've known this guy a long time. And the analyst is supposed to get out of the way. Did, did that bug you? You know, that, that, you didn't get all the spotlight with the 61 yard Minneapolis miracle. You say that to me, you're out because that means you are I, not thy. And when I become I, not thy, I'm done. I'll quit. I'll quit everything I'm doing and I'll figure out what the rest of my life looks like because it, it, it's not about me or it's not about Pete. It was about the play and the way it was described. So if the analyst comes jumping in there and everything, great, awesome. It must it must not have been so bad that you didn't call me. So you had to have liked part of it, or did you just call me, you know, because you think 
If my analyst had done that, he wouldn't have had his job when we went to the NFC title game, damn it, because you don't step on my touchdown calls if that's the way you look at life. It is, and I know I'm being judgy here, but I'm thy, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. It's about others. It's not about me. It's not about me. I don't care about that. I want everybody to be entertained. Hmm. Uh, did you have a favorite announcer, like just growing up? Oh, yeah. Like, did you? Li- oh, who was oh, that? Yeah. Do you listen well, to a lot of games growing uh, I, up? Growing up in the Los Angeles area, uh, graduated high school in '84. Um, I was the kid who went to bed at night listening to Chick Hearn call Lakers games and Vin Scully call Dodgers games for many years. Uh, then we move on, and um, you know, I Wayne Larravee, for my taste, he is the best team play-by-play announcer in the NFL. He has a theatrical way of describing things with a voice that booms and a signature call everybody knows. So Wayne, Wayne knows I love him and, and he knows what I think. So I like Wayne a lot. Okay. You know, Kevin Harlan, Kevin Harlan sensed something in me in the first two or three years of my career where when I would see him on the road, I didn't know him. He would come up to me and put his arm around me and say, I'm listening to your calls and I want to let you know, I love you. However, let's work on this. Let's work on this. Let's work on this. But he would say, you, you, you're going to, you're going to last in this league a long time. So I love Kevin. His calls are phenomenal on anything he does. And I'm, I'm clearly a limb on the Harlan trade with the way I do things. And um, so Kevin, <laughs> Kevin's right up there too. But but Kevin Kevin really shaped me in a lot of ways that I didn't recognize 15 years ago, but now I do. Yeah, I, I loved, I mean, I grew up in Minnesota. I grew up listening to Twins games on the, on the radio and WCCO. And then as I got older and the, Vi- or the Timberwolves rather came to, to Minneapolis, like I was all into that. I was all into Kevin Harlan when he was doing T-Wolves games. So I love Kevin Harlan. I think Kevin mm, Harlan is just one of the best, just one of the best. Who was your sports heroes? Did you have like somebody you, you mm. wanted to imitate? No? I played basketball in Southern California. Okay. Now, when, when you, you know, when I'm from Washington, D.C., so I moved to Los Angeles in 79 at age 13. And um, you think 79, 80, up to about 80. I moved to San Francisco in 93. Mm. So I'm in Los Angeles during Magic and Bird. Okay. That's, I love the NBA. And it's not only because I played basketball, but it's simply because if you're in Los Angeles during Magic and Bird, holy cow. So I always love Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Um, I love Brett Favre. Uh, that season with Brett, I, I respected Brett from afar. That 09 season we had here. It almost damaged me in a way that was irreparable because I had seen how the, how the, how the, I got some Packers fans over here, just, you know, all (laughs) super excited about the game. I, um, come on, Teddy. Yeah. With that Teddy. There he goes. Um, I, um, come on, boy. I had, um, watching, watching Brett do it the way he does it. Yeah. It's like, I'm never going to see that again. You know, that's exactly the way it's supposed to be done. And watching other quarterbacks during that, you know, since then and not seeing it be done that way, it hurts, you know, because he just, man, he was holy cow. Was he good that year? Uh, he was the best. That was the, that was the best year. Like when that happened, when Favre went to Minnesota, I said, this was the only time PA in my Vikings fandom. And I said, 
oh my gosh, I think I think they're going to win. This. I think they not going Me to. Too. I think they can win the Super Bowl. I think this can happen. Yeah, because so after, close. after the Minneapolis miracle, we went to Philadelphia. We were favored by three points. Um, but the being around the facility that week after that dramatic win, heads were spinning. You know, the the requests and everything were deep. And I didn't really like us a lot into that NFC title game. I was hoping we would win. Now, when we when Favre hung five touchdowns on Dallas at the Metrodome in the divisional round of 2009, mm-hmm. we're not losing. Uh, there, we are not losing. We are going to Miami, and we are beating every team possible. You know, and then you run up 500-some-odd yards in that NFC title game. You give the ball away five times, and you still can win it. Oh, man, it was – you know, a lot, when, when people ask me what's, you know, your favorite game you've called or whatever, most memorable, the Minneapolis miracle is what they think the answer would be. The, the answer is the 09 NFC title game. That, that was the most, that was the biggest professional emotional meat grinder I've ever been involved in in my life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I will uh, just as a fan watching that game, there were times, weeks, months, years, after I will, I will think of that game and I will think of the, the interception and I will just have to be like, I'll just give one of those because it's just, it was, oh, it was so close. There. I know. I know. So close. So close. Um, Hey, I got to end with a, a question about a producer. Cause I, I produced in Madison for a long time. My buddy Keith wanted me to ask you, cause he's a big caveman guy about your producer who raps at the end of oh, every yeah. show. Now I used yeah. to do a weekly rap. Uh, for a stretch there, what I would wrap up the week in sports, and then we'd be like, "Hey, here's yeah. my wrap." He does it well, every. One. He ever, no, I can't. I'm not on demand. I need to write it down. Okay, now hold on. Are you familiar with the rapper Cool Modi? I've heard of Cool Modi. Yeah. Okay. Back in the day, Cool Modi had a song called "I Go to Work," and I never forgot it. So, like, even me right now, I'm able to say, "Podcasting's an art." John is Picasso, but of course, why else would he try so hard to paint a picture? Try to put yourself in John's shoes, but they won't fit you. He's bigger and better. Forget about the others. Every time he rocks Mike, he left us staying in your brain. Will remain stuck in the back of your brain till you hear him again. <laughs> I'm even able to do that now, co- you know, copying that song by Cool Modi. So my producer, Eric Nordquist, producer of Nine to Noon, KFAM, he can sing. Uh, his musicality is high end. And he can rap. So we came up years ago with an idea of putting a rap on the show. Let's um, let's take what we've done nine to noon and put a rap on it. And he does it every single day. I love it every single day. It's just a natural God-given skill he has. And he's very good at it. It, it, it is. I listened to today's and I was like, get out of town. It would take me <laughs> hours and hours to write and produce. And I'd, I'd think of all these things to say, and I'd have one 60 second rap and I'm hearing him today. And I'm like, How, what was he doing during the show? Like I would have spent all my time writing down and not pushing right. F nine or anything. Well, like he that. writes it. I mean, it, you know, during the final hour of the radio show, when we craft these shows, I'll put more guests in or more segments <laughs> than I do on my own. Cause I, because he needs time to craft it, yeah. you know, then he rehearses it. I see him over there rehearsing it. Then it's uh, thank John Arias. Uh, we like to thank John Arias for joining us nine to noon today. Andrew Brunette tomorrow. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings, Apple Valley for the Friday football feast. I'm Paul Allen. Don't forget the Faith and Gold podcast featuring Kirk Cousins' dad, Don, uh, via the free iHeartRadio app. Have a beautiful day. Talk to you later. Nordo, put a wrap on the show. Boom. And there he goes. And I just love it. I don't know if everybody loves it, but I do.
And if I had been a better producer slash podcast host, I would have had a wrap ready for you to end the podcast just like that. But I don't. <laughs> well, but the beauty of it is, whether you want to believe it or not, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. So embrace it. I will. Embrace it. Don't fight it. Don't, don't, don't beat yourself up because maybe you're not where you want to be. Or maybe you've ascended past where you thought you would be. Just live it. Just live it, man. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Thank you, Paul Allen. I appreciate that. And there you go. I end the podcast with Paul Allen, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings on the Vikings radio network. Once again, your Ian's Pizza keyword. Let me pull up the sheet here. Ian's Pizza keyword for this episode is Ian's Pizza. All right. Now, I'm not going to say the previous keywords like I did today, Thanksgiving episode uh, with Bo Ryan. Now the Paul Allen episode. I think this is, what is this, 15? I think it's 16. I don't know. Ian's Pizza. I have lost track. So Thanksgiving and Ian's Pizza. I will not keep repeating the keywords. From now on, you're going to have to go back and listen for yourself. But those are the first two word combos for your chance at $500. And check out Ian's Pizza because they've got some great pizzas for you to try, including Yes, the Thanksgiving pizza. I had the Thanksgiving pizza a long time ago. I went to Ian's this week, said uh, what's up to uh, my buddy Zach at Ian's Pizza, but I was there too early, so all the pizzas weren't ready, so I wasn't able to get a Thanksgiving pizza, delicious Thanksgiving slice with mozzarella, mushroom cream, button mushrooms, green beans, turkey, cranberry sauce, stuffing on your pizza, and french fried green onions. The Thanksgiving slice is phenomenal. Plus, this month in November, as part of Ian's 20th anniversary, they got the steak and fry, barbecue sauce, and mozzarella base topped with crinkle-cut fries, blackened flank steak, and finished off with a zigzag of barbecue. Man, that sounds delicious, too. I need to go to Ian's and stock up on a bunch of different slices. You should, too. They've got locations in Madison, Milwaukee, uh, Denver, and Seattle. And check out my Instagram at Podcast for what it was like when I went and checked out Ian's Pizza just this past week. And uh, your chance to win pizza, by the way, with retweeting these episode links. So much information to get to you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I'll be next week. Sam Decker just texted me. I'm trying to get Decker on the podcast next week. We will. He says he's checking his schedule. There you go. So we will see where that leads to. Thanks for listening to the podcast.